Hello and welcome to the start of the allergy season in the Northern Hemisphere. It's April, so the month of sunshine, showers and people sneezing and can't breathe, which is so much fun. Um, none of us are as allergic to nature though as, as Elon Musk is allergic to Twitter management and the Twitter board, just judging by his tweets that he unleashed on them after the board adopted a poison pill defense in order to really slow him down, even if they can't um, prevent a takeover. If you read what I wrote this week, which was published on the 19th, I went um, deep into some of the governance and um, management and general strategic questions around this takeover. And I think anybody who is a CEO, wants to be a CEO, wants to be a general manager, anybody who wants to grow a company, especially fast, need to pay attention to takeovers and what they look like in real life. Because takeover battles, whichever side you're on, are usually not the way you read about them in your books uh, during the MBA or whatever. Um, they're probably also not as bloody as some might expect. But anyway, this is a very interesting case, if for nothing else, um, because Mr. Musk is involved and he's pretty controversial, obviously. We all know about that. Super successful, especially when it comes to um, providing engineering solutions to, to problems sometimes you don't even know exist. But governance is not really his strong suit. Let's, let's agree on that. So this is a really interesting one. And I keep saying, let's get the popcorn out because it can get still very interesting. And why is that? It's because Twitter doesn't have a particularly good business model. Um, but what would be an obvious target for corporate traders? Um, we have something where you can actually see how to make changes or, or assets you can sell. Um, and, and it's not that obvious here. There's also the whole free speech angle to all of this that, that uh, kicked off the whole takeover issue for Elon. Um, and also Twitter is not really big, but its users are, are incredibly engaged and its cultural impact is huge. Quite often what you see in the news, if you listen to it regularly or, or read about it, most things actually are first published and uncovered on, on Twitter. So it's incredibly powerful as small as it is. <clears throat> no one has been able to figure out a good business model for it though. So if you look at the market, the market hasn't really reacted particularly excitedly um, to Elon's um, takeover bid, um, or at least the intention that he published. Now we have seen the financing behind it, which he published yesterday. Um, I'm recording this on a Friday. So we've seen that he managed to um, secure 25 billion in debt from a group of the biggest banks you can think of. And he also needs to commit over 20 billion in equity himself. So what's happening here is essentially he has to put up about a third of his Tesla stock as collateral. 
and he also has to sell um, either Tesla stock or do something else with, with his privately held companies. So it's a, financially, it's a pretty big bet, even for the person who's considered to be the richest in the world. So it's not that easy that he just transfers 46 million from his bank account. And the interesting thing is that the board is probably looking for a white knight at the moment. I mean, that's why you would do the poison pill partly. And there doesn't really seem to be anybody stepping up at the moment. And we've heard about a couple of private equity names being floated as, as potential um, leads in, in syndicates. Um, that doesn't seem to be happening. We haven't heard anything new from Apollo or Tom Bravo since then. Plus, the, the biggest banks are all involved in this bid from Elon. So who else would be um, behind any other acquirer? Now, most of these acquisitions actually are financed either by, by stock or by loans. And, and again, this feels like a, a pretty, pretty highly leveraged um, buyout, potentially. And, you know, normal human beings like me are just sitting here and we're not really seeing how on earth will... Twitter be able to afford this, um, somebody will have to pay back those loans. Now, that's probably the reason why I'm sitting here talking to you and not making massive bids to the shareholders and the board of Twitter. But I think it's just really interesting to see. And of course, if there is one person who could potentially create something quite interesting out of a business that no one has managed to solve so far. It's probably Elon Musk, but we'll we'll just have to see. And of course, a lot of people who who realize the dangers of unrestrained free, free speech are um, really cautious on this. And and it, I really really do not want to go into the whole point about um, the restrictions that we need to place on tech companies in order to curb disinformation and misinformation and all the incredible abuse and conspiracy theories that we've been seeing. But that's that's a whole different thing and I'm I'm definitely no expert on that. But anyway, anyway I think it's it's worth watching um what's happening in this takeover battle for all sorts of reasons, especially because finding out information about it is going to be pretty easy as everybody is picking it up. So we're waiting what the next step is, whether the board will formally reject this offer. Now they have to do something because now Elon showed that the financing this time is is behind his bid. Um, then we have to see whether he's going to go straight to shareholders um, with the bid so that the shareholders will force the board to cancel the poison pill. Um whether there's going to be still some some sort of a corporate buyer, um, Salesforce tried to buy Twitter before. Benioff is the type of person who might be able to pull this off as well. So interesting things are happening. Get the popcorn. Let's watch this. And again, if you're interested in growing a company, if you're interested in doing something big, takeover battles are something you really need to pay attention to. 
Well, so takeovers are, are not as easy um, as they look. As you can see, Twitter illustrates beautifully that even for an incredibly rich man, it's not that straightforward to buy something. But also, what do you do with it after you buy it? We've known for some time now that more than half of mergers and acquisition deals actually don't really deliver any benefits to anybody. In fact, they quite often destroy value. If you look at food delivery businesses, for example, you might have seen this week that JustEatTakeaway.com said that it wants to sell Grubhub in the U.S. Now, this is interesting because essentially shareholders have been telling management that they need to refocus back on Europe. So Just Eat was a UK business and Takeaway.com was a business in the Netherlands. And they merged only about two years ago, which in itself is quite a big deal. But quite quickly after that, they bid for Grubhub and they bought it less than a year ago. It was that the whole deal went through. And clearly, it it hasn't been working out well. Um, strategic acquisitions like that sometimes work. More often, I, I'm always of the view that if you've just done a massive merger and you haven't integrated yet, then don't go on and buy another really big business because uh, it's going to just mess up your whole structure, operations, the people, the culture, everything around it. Unless you're kind of a consolidator and allow every business in its own jurisdiction to operate in its own way. But then again, that's a whole different question. But anyway, so what's happening right now is that one of the activist investors have become very vocal that JustTheTakeaway.com needs to offload Grubhub, try to sell it to somebody else because the price, the share price has been depressed. The, the business, these three businesses together are not really creating value. They're actually destroying value. Again, there might be other market issues in that as well. Um, if you look at Deliveroo, that also hasn't been performing well. That's a whole different thing. But but the key thing is that the activist investors also feel that the business will be open now um, for hostile takeover bids, potentially because of its depressed share price that don't actually reflect its long-term value. So there's a lot to look at in this space as well. And again, takeover battles sometimes result in from overexpansion to aggressive um, plans. So there's, there's a lot of art and science into it and a lot of feel and finesse and, and strategy, but we'll come back to this one um, at some other point. Speak to you later. Bye.